As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Jay, it's Dainer and all right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Grabby Pudge of The Athletic uh, are here with you. It's presented by Visa Network, working for everyone. And uh, Jay, our series continues today, and we're on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Because we talk about these relationships and how they pay off in in setting the foundation for these players to build this culture and all of this stuff, and really, I think uh, a defining nature to this um, Bengals defense was one of sort of underappreciated, undervalued, overachieving, uh, you know, disrespected. I'm sure they they played the heck out of that disrespect mm-hmm. card last year, and I think you could say that in the the rise of our two guests today, and that's going to be Bengals safeties coach Rob Livingston and quality control coach, now assistant linebackers coach uh, Jordan Kovac. So really, really excited to have them here with us. Yeah, I mean, everybody we've talked to has has been very open and honest, but I, I think these two might be the most so, and so maybe it, maybe it's fitting that, that that if you're listening in the car you, and you have kids i mean you know how comfortable guys are when they start cussing a little bit and there there are some swear <laughs> words in this one because they were so relaxed and it was just like you know the four of us were it was almost like we were sitting in a bar and having a conversation and uh it was great they 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 had some they have some very very funny stories and um it's it is it's it's you mentioned the 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 whole overlook thing and um i think it's rob that uses the term the misfit toys and mm-hmm. um it's just it's it's a great way to kind of sum up um how they put this defense together and we will warn you it was it was our our most fun with technology episode you know i had <laughs> my, my 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 uh camera went out on my computer so i'm on the phone and then we had we i believe rob's office is under attack for half of the episode but he powers through it like any good coach was you you take your situation and and you adapt so uh, apologies for that stuff but it happens uh well you know it it happens and uh, so we we have fun with it anyway uh and great stuff with them very very excited to have them uh uh 
joining us on two on two. And a reminder, you know, you can see all the extras, including, of course, we have more <laughs> nuggets that we have uh, pulled out. And this one, this might be my favorite. I, I think I think the photo that we have of Rob Livingston is my favorite, and you're going to need to be on the YouTube channel to get the full view of this. Uh, so if you can, make sure you go to our YouTube channel, hear that podcast growling. Thanks to everybody that has jumped on to subscribe thus far. Great having you aboard for the series, but it does add a lot. Uh, so so go on there and and check us out, and it'll it'll add to your enjoyment. I think of this episode for sure. Uh, anyway. So thanks, everybody, uh, for checking back in with us. Let's get this thing rolling. Let's bring in uh, Rob Livingston and Jordan Kovacs. What's up, guys? Not much, man. How you doing? How you doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. I, I'm I'm excited to have you guys in here. You know, we've been uh, we've been doing this series, and we've got we've had a couple tricks up our sleeves to this point. <laughs> and and I, I'm not gonna say that you guys are gonna be an exception, but you just just wait. Just wait until that that stuff goes down. How I mean, this time of year, you're you guys you you're in the office. Like this is not this is not normal. Is there anybody there besides you guys right now? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty pretty quiet, which is not a bad thing. I was telling Jay. Um, so we have three young kids at the house. So the idea of getting a, an hour uninterrupted um, without uh, puppy dog pals or Dora the Explorer or uh, <laughs> something like that was, was not going to happen. So um, to sneak away, there, there's worse things in the world than to get away for an hour. So I should probably thank you, uh, Paul and Jake, for that, uh, <laughs> that card to get out of the house today. We're the gift to keep on going. We're happy to do that for you. Is Puppy Dog Pals, is that number one, or is there uh, – does it change? Oh, uh, Paw Patrol, the, um, did Paw Patrol ever have a life with you guys? It did. It had a, it had a short life. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's it just whatever Netflix can give you. We uh, we just got back in town. We leave tomorrow. So um, I would assume that it will be a big, uh, big TV day today uh, before <laughs> we load up and, and drive north. So it will be good. Jordan, you're you know you're uh you're 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 one of the one of the younger members of the of the staff. Not not as not as young as Sam Francis, who who we had on last week. But yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you're <laughs> you are kind of a new. How long have you been have you been married? Uh, we've been married since seventeen, so going on year five. Um, but yeah, no kids yet, so I'm not I'm not familiar with Paw Patrol or Puppy Dog, whatever he said. So. Uh. No kidding. But we have two dogs. They keep us busy. So I'm also in the office, so I don't get the park <laughs> interruptions that uh, I'm sure you've, you're used to. Yeah. Let's, uh, I, I want to dive before we dive specifically into your guys' individual backgrounds, which are both unique and interesting to this staff. And I, I think fascinating in a number of different ways. You know, last year, when you're in the quality control spot, Jordan, I mean, what is a what is a week of interaction like for you and Rob? I mean, what what does that look like? And I, you know, you have to go into excruciating detail, yeah. but I'm just curious, like what what does that look like? Because I think a lot of people didn't probably don't understand what that job was for you last year and what that job even entails. Yeah. So uh, as a QC, you're really working for the defensive staff, and obviously there's Louie and I both doing it on the defensive side of the ball. So. Uh, first and foremost, we're dealing with Lou a lot, the defensive coordinator who you guys had, I think, on the show last week. Um, and then obviously working directly with guys like Rob, um, Betch, just the different position coaches on each staff. Um, 
And yeah, so, I mean, it, it can be anything from helping Rob with PowerPoints and putting together cutups or just kind of retrieving information for him um, to helping him coach his, his guys on the field. And I don't work as much with Rob on the field. I work more with the linebackers, but uh, there's just kind of a wide spectrum of different jobs that we take from week to week and day to day. And Rob, you, you came in as a scout for three years before um, taking over the, the safeties and, and DB room. What, how did that help you prepare to, 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 to be a coach, especially in this organization where the scouts and coaches work so closely? Yeah. Um, you know, when I came here, I came from Vanderbilt and um, I had been coaching there and, and always wanted to see kind of behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz, like mm-hmm. what's really back there at the NFL. Um, so I was phenomenally blessed and fortunate to get that opportunity and and scouted the Southeast for a year. And um, and it was great. You know, it was great experiences. I was, uh, you know, young, no kids. So I could be on the road for, you know, six weeks at a time. And um it was it was a phenomenal learning experience, uh, not only seeing players, but seeing how practices are structured. You know, you find yourself kind of watching the differences that uh, maybe Alabama and some other places, you know, how do they manage time? How do they go from drill to drill? Things like that. Um, that you just try to pick up, you know, little things from. And then after that, uh, the next couple of years, uh, still scouting, kind of helping Marvin um, on game day, you know, whatever title that was. Um and uh, just always around it, you know, you, you love the guys, you love the interaction. That's kind of what you miss is the, the day-to-day um, competition, if you will, uh, of getting ready. And um, so then once I did make that transition, um, you know, I would like to believe that I had a lot of life experience uh, seeing how other people did it, knowing how I did it in the past. Um, and just the staff we had at that point, you know, when I first started, you know, coaching, quote unquote, here, I was working really for Darren and um, and for the defensive staff. So, you know, there's few people in the world that are more prepared than Darren Simmons uh, every week. So you learn that, uh, you know, no rock goes unturned. You know, what if this happened? What if that happens? Which was, as a young coach, a phenomenal experience for me. And then um, the defensive staff at that point, obviously Paul, um, you know, Marvin with his background. And it was just, you know, it's like you're getting a master's, right, in your first year. And, mm. um, you know, just it, it was great for me. And it, it let me learn so much. And when the opportunity came to kind of take the next step here, again, super fortunate uh, to be in one spot for a long time. Um, we've been blessed and it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, I think the world of, of the organization and, and they've kind of given me my life here. So I'm forever grateful for that. And um, it's just been a lot of fun. Even though you covered the Southeast, when it came draft time, did did you watch a lot of film of Jordan did, for, at, at Michigan? <laughs> uh, I had more than the, the <laughs> it wasn't much good film. <laughs> no, it's um, you know you could probably figure the, the write up for Jordan. You know, coach on the field quicker than fast. Insert, uh, insert certain references will leave. Uh, be a coach. There. We'll be playing long. <laughs> uh, but I knew Jordan. Um, you know, we played a game. Um, in Miami on that Thursday night, that walk off mm-hmm. safety. Um, and, uh, you know, you find yourself kind of watching the DBs work out before the game. And um, so there was probably a little bit of jealousy directed at, uh, at the, the dude for the Dolphins, like this dude made it. Uh, but Jordan had quite the career. And, and just, to, you know, you're talking to a guy who's, you know, by title, he's a quality control guy here, but he, he's played in the NFL. He's lived it. He's lived the position. So um, it's a phenomenal resource for me. To go down the hall and say, "Hey, Jordan, you know, how does this hit your brain? Does this make sense to you?" Um, because he's he's lived it. He hadn't read it in a book. He hadn't, you know, done whatever. 
Um, you know, he, he's been in those meetings. He's had to make those checks, those adjustments. So he's a phenomenal resource for me and, and uh, you know, lucky to have him for sure. Well, for people, for people that don't know, I, I do want to kind of recap a little bit of your background, Jordan. I mean, you you played at Michigan, but you walked on at Michigan, but you had to like work your way into being a walk on at Michigan. And that is, did you guys make a homemade tape and basically send it in? Right. Is that how the story goes? And just yeah. kind of say like, Hey, any second thoughts maybe about this? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, first I had to beg to get into school there and then finally got into school and tried out, um, on the first day of, uh, of, of, of uh, school and it was a 6 a.m. tryout. Uh, went through the whole trial, made the tryout, um, and then later that day I found out that I wasn't going to pass the physical, so I had to retry out in the spring. And I'll spare you the details, but yes, it was a it was a long process. Um, but you know, I think that I learned a lot about myself, and I, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. But yes, the the home video. I had a buddy in high school who that was that was his senior project was let's make Jordan's video, send it, we sent it to the University of Michigan, and that is ultimately <clears throat> what got me off the wait list there and into the school. And then uh, I guess the rest is history. Well, I want to make sure people know this history because it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. So your your dad was a walk-on for Bo Schembechler, correct? Correct, yeah. Right, and then you end up a walk-on at Michigan mm-hmm. over the, the way that we intend. Did you have any other offers, by the way, or did you have any offers? Nothing, nothing, you know, uh, really late in the process, Toledo offered me a preferred walk-on opportunity, um, which is more than I had from any other school, uh, even D2, D3, didn't really have a whole lot of interest. And, uh, but I grew up a huge Michigan fan. Jay and I were talking about this um, before the show, but I, I, obviously my dad was, uh, had a lot of history at Michigan. So he took us to the big house all the time. So that's ultimately where I knew I wanted to play at the next level if I could just get my foot in the door. So um, again, it was a long drawn out process, but it, you know, ultimately I ended up getting my foot in the door and um, things worked out. I mean, that's, it's so awesome because not only, you know, a lot of people, people on scholarship get their foot in the door and don't, aren't able to do anything with it. You end up after all of that, Winning the Bo Schembechler Award as t- team MVP. Talk about the full circle moment. That had to have been a pretty incredible trophy to look at that name and know yeah. the history and know everything to, to hold that at the end. Yeah, I don't think it hit me until recently. You know, I was unpacking some stuff at our house and I pulled out the MVP award. I just had to kind of pinch myself like, holy shit, this is like the MVP at the University <laughs> of Michigan. It's kind of a big deal. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Um, so it is pretty cool and it it is something I'm proud of. Um, it was an unbelievable experience at Michigan, not only for myself, but for my family, just to be a a part of it. And, um, you know, they were able to make it to all the games. And, uh, like I said, it was like just an absolute dream come true to be able to, to play at Michigan. So it it was a blast. Is it not on the shelf behind you or would that draw too much (laughs) razzing as opposed to praise? I couldn't, I no, not, I, couldn't uh hang it here but it is back home in in my at home office that's the only place my wife will let me put it so she lets me hang some jerseys there and that's all i need feel free to pull it out look zach has his pickleball trophy on behind him okay like yeah i think you got a little bit more prestige with your uh with your schembeckler award don't feel free to hold that over his head i'll have to bring it out 
<laughs> well, I, I, it is interesting, though, when you think about, you know, it ends up being a similar story in the NFL for you, right? I mean, undrafted, uh, again, sort of counted out. And, and guess what? You play 28 games. Right. You know, you have a, a career where you play for Lou Anarumo on that team, yep. on that Dolphins team. I mean, did it feel kind of like a similar experience for you in that fact and that, you know, undrafted, counted out, get my foot in the door and find yep. a way again? Yeah, you know, I kind of I certainly had the same mindset. And I think that's what maybe a lot of guys don't, you know, that are playing in the NFL don't totally understand when they're undrafted is um, you got to have a chip on your shoulder, right? You've got to prove yourself every day. And so I knew going into it that that I knew what the situation was. And I felt like, hey, I've done this before. And um, I'll again, all I need to do is get my foot in the door and I'll make the most of it just by how hard I, I believe I can work. And and go from there and, uh, you know, have fun doing it. So yeah, it was, uh, my, my NFL career was a little short lived, but, um, I got, I, I was in the NFL for four years and I had a blast, you know, majority of that was down in Miami with great coaches like Lou, um, and obviously Zach, and I wouldn't be here today had it not been for those experiences. So, um, it was, it was, it was a fun run. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rob, you've been around NFL players for a long time. You, I'm, I'm curious because Jordan did play in the league, and, and there's a lot of undrafted guys in that linebacker room. Do, do you think that, that, that there's a, an instant credibility that comes with a coach that, that did play in the league? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, again, they, they've walked in those shoes. Um, you know, I, I think uh, trust is is uh, it's earned, right? It's, it's not given in, in all fields, um, especially this one when you're talking about athletic endeavors. Um, so, no, I think Jordan definitely walks in with, uh, you know, the ability to say, hey, look, I, I've done this. I've been in your situation. I'm not saying uh, anything that, that I have not done or, or gone through. Um, so I think, you know, for a young coach, especially, it, it really gives them credibility and gives them a chance to to kind of, you know, put himself in their shoes and, and uh, let him know that, that he's done it and he's there for him for sure. So it's a great asset for us as a staff. Uh, it's a great a- asset, obviously, for Jordan um, to have that ability to kind of wear that badge of honor, if you will. When you wrapped up your career at William & Mary, was there was there any thought or dream of of trying to to be an undrafted free agent or did you just – Yeah, you unfortunately, knew- uh, it takes two to tango there, Jay. <laughs> um, so I can have uh, – you know, grand visions and allures of, of uh, having a Pro Bowl career and, and uh, being the next John Lynch. Uh, but I couldn't get anybody else fired up about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I tried to play up in, I tried to play up in Canada. 
after that. And um, when that didn't work out, I think you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, all right, dude, um, it, it's time. What's next? Hey, um, Rob's still got the juice, though. We work out together. And if he is half as athletic <laughs> as he was. Yeah. I used to be somebody until Jordan walked in, really. Um, and he, he's got a way to put in, in his place. You know, you feel really good about, uh, you know, okay, hey, I'm in pretty good shape. And then Jordan shows up and it's like, all right, well, uh, back to the elliptical. It, you know, my days are over. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. But that's when I knew we'd be good friends. When, when Rob invited me to work out the first time and he had some crazy, like, clean jerk, some CrossFit complex for us. And he, I mean, he can, he can go. And I was like, holy shit. I need to work out with Rob. I need to I need to find my way to the weight room with Rob a little more. What so wait, you CrossFit, like did you guys do you guys go to like one of these empty warehouses where people are training to be on like the ESPN CrossFit games or what are we no, talking no, about? No, no, no. It's here? uh it's all here. Um <clears throat> if you want a like a a look into what getting old looks like, come to the uh Paul Brown Stadium. <laughs> Um, wait one o'clock, twelve oh one on the off season, and just see the levels of like, you know, Jordan and Colt. They're obviously up here, and then like Rob is, Rob is right up limits go down. So it's like, um, you know, everybody's doing something, which is a start. You know, that, that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, again, genetically, you either have it or you don't. So um, I'm playing catch up a little bit. Well, we, I, I wanted to try to find some film from your playing days and have Jordan critique that. And I, I couldn't find any, but we did find something else that I, I wonder if maybe Jordan can, can critique here. Uh, oh, I'd love it was before, before yeah. William and Mary, you were at Western Michigan and, and Cam, do you have that headshot? I was, that is great. Look at that. Hey, there's always a backstory. Let me go in and Jordan can go. <laughs> All right. So I go to Western Michigan. And uh, again, grand, grand illusion. The, the mind can tell you a lot of crazy things. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was going to start and play and all this kind of stuff. So third day, I tear my ACL. Right. So that's like when uh, AJ Hawk and all those guys from Ohio State had long hair. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, screw it. Like if I grow my hair out, like, shit, I'll never get hurt again. It'll be like Zeus, um, Samson. <laughs> I mean, um, so that picture was taken after a spring practice. I believe that's one of those. Uh, those ties and coats that like just strap on on the back <laughs> literally you just kind of put your arms through and you step <laughs> up. Um, and so, yeah, that was like in a, a team locker room in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I, I will say that's a rough picture, but with a hat on, it was a pretty good look Yeah, and with that helmet. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't sweet. So. I think that's where you went wrong is the bangs. I think if you just would have gone straight <laughs> mullet, you'd have been fine. Well, dude, it's not like I had a lot of choice there. It's going to grow a certain rate in the front and a certain rate in the back. Um, I, I was hoping for the best. It, it didn't work out. We've all well, you got, I mean, you guys know that Jay's kind of a mullet connoisseur and, and an alum. Uh, in, in the eighties, Jay had had a wicked mullet and yeah, could okay. tell you a lot about how to uh, how to properly groom it, Rob. If only you would have known Jay then, he could have told you you can manage that. You could have managed the full mullet at that I, point. Jay, even with your expertise there, buddy, I, I don't know if there's any help to that. Um, it needed like a weed eater and uh, probably some more shampoo, and, and I'm sure the split ends at the bottom were. We're gross. Uh, but yeah, that was a year of my life that, uh, again, when you're in it, you're like, hey, yeah, this, this looks, looks pretty cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm curious if you guys have any, uh, you know, Jordan, you playing for Lou Anarumo. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any good Lou Anarumo? Is, is he, what's, what's he like to play under on a game day? 
on a game day. Yeah. Oh, he's intense. He's, he's intense. He's fiery. Um, but you just feel comfortable cause he, he, he's a guy that you can trust, right? You know how, how he works his ass off throughout the week to put himself in position to make the right calls. And, um, you know, he's going to be on your ass on the sideline. Mm. Don't get me wrong, but you trust him. And, uh, he, I always enjoyed playing for Lou. Lou claims that, um, he dialed up a couple of blitzes for you uh, at the end of a game again, a blowout against Tennessee, <laughs> trying to get you the elusive sack. And we have a couple of highlights because there, there's a, there's a backstory to this. One being that he did it twice, and he claims you royally screwed up the first one. Okay, he is delusional on this, and I'll stand by this. He so he's calling cover two. Somebody else is signaling what I think is the cover zero. And I'm getting ready, and as you know, in zero, like we're it's all out pressure. And I'm getting ready to make my blitz, and I'm looking, and everybody else is back. I'm like, what the hell? And I finally look to the sideline, and Lou is going, Tampa, we're in Tampa, mother. and he's he's on my ass. And I finally get back, and no harm done. So I didn't blow the call. I didn't miss the the, the zero. Uh, I did get back in Tampa, and he did dial one up later, and he did get me a sack. So I I am indebted to him for that. Let's let's judge those. Can we roll those, Cam? Yeah, let's, let's roll. Yeah, let, because here we've got the the first one. This is slow motion of you allegedly screwing it up, and oh, this is what he's saying. Okay, yeah, he's saying this, he's being critical. I get blocked. I should I beat the block? Sure. <laughs> I think I'm, the coaching point is probably to go under the back, and then somebody wraps outside. Second one, I, I hit. You did. You did. Yeah, so all, what the hell? Let's let's give Jordan his credit. Let's, let's run the sack so everybody can give you your credit that you deserve. Just absolutely destroy Zach. Nice job, Lou. I mean, you look at this, though. Ball, look at this. Though. Thirty-eight to ten. Four seconds. Zero seconds. Game. Zero seconds on the clock when you get this. Can we like? I, I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> What would he? What would Lou say if he was on the opposing sideline, or Zach say if he was on the opposing sideline and the other yeah. defensive coordinator was dialing up all-out blitzes with four <laughs> seconds left of a thirty-eight to ten game? I love it. I hate the unwritten rules. I love it. <laughs> you play ball. Let's play ball. What the hell? <laughs> I love it. Uh, one thing I, I I wanted to ask you is, you know, you you come in and I, Rob, I talked to. We talked to Pitch about this last week. I know we asked you about being a scout earlier, but I'm curious, how much have you seen that that little bit of background translate directly into helping you, you know, with whether it's the off-season stuff, whether it's in-season, but viewing things through a scout's eye view from that point of view, how has that translated to you now and and being beneficial to, to where you're at? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just uh, people. Right. You, you learn how players learn, you know, the old Chip Kelly thing, right? Learn the learners. Um, so I think I probably see that through a little bit of a different lens. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's going to learn different. Everybody has a different background, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I would hope that that helps me um, learn the players, learn how they learn, um, you know, get people involved that way. Uh, and then big picture wise, um, you know, I, I think seeing, you know, obviously everybody knows who the, who the best receivers, the best tight ends are for the other team. But, you know, seeing the other guys, seeing, you know, OK, if we can stop this, then what are they going to go to? Um, little route tells, tendencies, things like that. Um, and then just organization, honestly. Uh, 
you know, when you're on the road uh, in Baton Rouge and you got to write up whatever, 18 guys, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of structure and things like that. Um, so just for, for everyday life, like during the, during the week of the season, you know, there's a lot of structure. There's a lot of things that you have to use. So I think from a football side, obviously, um, you know, you, you got to, to value the good players and all that stuff when you're a scout. But there's just so many things that, that uh, you can take with you for your everyday work and coaching. And, and there's been a lot of people that have done it. Obviously, pitch is a great example. Uh, the New England model. Obviously, there, there's a million of those guys, whether it's Brian Flores or Matt Patricia or whoever. Um, so, you know, it, it's just uh, it's still football. And then, as you mentioned, the offseason, it, it helps a lot. You know, it helps in free agency. Um, you know, the more you know about college, the more you know kind of what's playing in the league. It's easy to say, OK, we need a better X. Right. But if you don't know who the other guys are, um, you're just kind of just complaining to complain. Um, so it, it's been a huge asset for me, no doubt. You know, you mentioned free agency and just the way that you guys built this defense defense with free agency and the draft and development. And, you know, it, it feels like the offense got so much attention last year with with the way Jamar broke out and, and, and Burrow, of course. But it, it really felt like the defense came together pretty quick last year and in not necessarily carried the team, but I, I think was a lot better than a lot of people thought. Just curious for both of you guys, was was there a point where maybe you sat down and, and you thought this is, this is going to be much better than maybe what we even anticipated when we put it together? Um, yeah, I think, you know, from early on, you look around and um, you love the mindset that the guys had, right? A little bit of, um, you know, the band of misfit toys. You know, this guy comes from here. This guy comes from there. Uh, this guy was told he wasn't good enough. This guy's too slow. This guy's too little. And I think the more of those guys you can get in, at least personally, that's what I love. You know, guys that have been counted out, guys that, um, you know, are, are really starting over somewhere. Um, so it goes back to the offseason. Obviously, I know it's been talked about at length. Having, you know, 99 or 100 percent of people there just about every day helps. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it sounds stupid, but. Um, you know, in small market Cincinnati, they're around each other. They're they're hanging out. They're doing that kind of stuff. And um, really, from you know, from you know, three quarters of the Minnesota game was was really good. Obviously, the kind of end of the fourth quarter uh, got a little dicey. Um, and in Chicago, we played well. And you know, I think the big moment um, from a just standpoint of who they are and, uh, was after we lost to San Francisco. I think you look around and. That was the first time personally that I felt like I was going to have to walk into the DB room and say, like, OK, guys, we're going to be OK. Um, and you get in there and it's it's business as usual. They're ready to go back to work. And obviously that led to Denver and it led to uh, the Raiders game and um, everything else was was great. So, uh, no, we were super lucky and uh, just in the guys that we have. I watch like a right above your head, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really concerned. I watch a lot of like like rehab shows, and it sounds like demo day is about to start, and I'm waiting for like Zach like swing a sledgehammer to come in through your wall or something. Like, sorry, we're opening the room up. But I, I, I would piggyback on exactly what Rob said. Is um, first, you got to tip your hat to our scouting department and just the guys that they brought in. And I felt it, I would say early on in OTAs, I think Rob would agree with that. Like this team's different, you know, it's something mm -hmm. just feels different. Just 
competitive guys that enjoyed being at practice and uh, were demanding of each other. And I felt like they were demanding of coaches too. Like they, these guys just wanted to be coached. And you just felt that throughout the season, these guys just got better and better. And yeah, like Rob said, you know, that by the time you hit the Denver game, you started thinking, okay, this is, this is different. We, we've got a team, we've got a competitive, tough group. And I think if you've got that, um, you've got a pretty good culture. You know, it's funny. I, 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 Cause I was sort of looking at this through, uh, you know, um, a big picture NFL thing of, you know, perhaps you, one thing that's been said is maybe you guys uncovered the value of the like mid tier free agent, which ends up being guys with talent deserve to get paid, but they're not at the top because Pete, they've been knocked down for whatever reason, you know, and, and it was your, your, it seemed like it was really the foundation. Cheeto, Vaughn, Mike, Larry Ogunjobi, even Eli Apple to an extent, guys that have been knocked down. I mean, you mentioned that specifically. It does seem like that was really that that group of of attacking that type of player really ended up playing such a huge role into the personality of of the entire team and obviously you guys saw that that play out do you think that's true that 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 was when you when you do target that it's maybe it's like kind of a, a almost like a market inefficiency that maybe the league was undervaluing but like how good those guys when put together can be yeah, I think there's no doubt. That's what the NFL is made up of, right? I mean, you take the superstar or the top whatever 1% that everybody knows about and, you know, the, the hard work, the heavy lifting is getting done by those guys. Um, so, you know, I think you got to hit right with the personalities. Um, and luckily our scouting staff and Zach and Lou, they did. And it's just uh, it's just guys that, that want to put their head down and go to work. And um, they've seen the other side, right? I, I think when you go through free agency, it's like anything. Um Maybe you feel a little bit undervalued and that chip on your shoulder grows exponentially. When you leave somewhere, um, you know, somebody gave up on you, for lack of a better term. Um, so, you know, it's a hell of a deal to be told you're not good enough and uh, or we value somebody else. And, uh, you know, we got a great group of guys that use that as, as fire and, and momentum. If the flip side of that, you you look at your guys first round pick this year, I mean, how excited were you guys on draft day? Because Rob, you get a guy in your room, and Jordan, you get a guy from your alma mater with the oh, yeah. the pick of Dax Hill. Yeah, no, it's um, you know it's the first time in a long time that, that you're not in a position where you you have to draft somebody to play right away, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a great situation to be in. Uh, I think we've all been part of those need based drafts or or whatever, and. Uh, this is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no one's but, come out of the uh, ceiling yet. I'm just happy that everyone's still surviving. Yeah. Um, but no, we were, uh, you know, it, it was, it worked out really, really well for us. Obviously the scouting department did a great job, um, you know, putting us eyes on people. And, and Dax was a guy that, that a lot of people had eyes on uh, started with Andrew Johnson then Mike Potts and obviously Duke Tobin and, and Bill Tobin. Um, if you can get past the, the school he went to uh, obviously <laughs> it has limitations, uh, then it'll be fun, but no, it, it'll be great. Look forward to it. Yeah. Again, I think that the upstairs, they just did a ph- phenomenal job in the last couple of off seasons of putting ourselves in position where we could pick who we thought was the best available player at that, at that pick and uh yeah obviously i watched a lot of dax just as a as a as a michigan alum so i I was pumped i know that he brings some good um versatility and flexibility to the position and uh again what a he's what a fortunate position for him to to work with a guy like rob 
you know, a guy that's coached some damn good safeties. Uh, so I'm excited for, for Dax. I'm excited to work with him, and I'm excited to see what Rob can do with him. All right, let's just take a quick break. I want to tap really quickly into the um, the what we talked about earlier about what you know, quality control position coach relationship. Has there ever been a point, Jordan, you said, no, I'm not doing that? Okay, like, do you, is there a line that has to be drawn in the sand at some point? <laughs> if there is, I haven't found it yet. But there's been some days where I'm like, what in the hell is, I mean, you get every, uh, again, it's, there's a spectrum of different jobs that you're doing. And just some things that are actually like, holy shit, you know, but I learned early on, you just never say no, and you find a way to get it done. And fortunately for me, Rob's always been great, and he's uh, he's he's really kind of been a mentor to me and taking me under his wing the best he can. And uh, I'm I'm fortunate to learn from him because he's a guy that's done some QC stuff as well. Um, and ultimately, I do work for uh, really good, not only on the defensive side but offensively. Just an awesome staff, and just um, when when you're working for good people, I think that it makes life much easier. Any specific examples? Without calling out who asked you, uh, what, what, I mean, something that kind of made you scratch your head. Why am I doing this? Nothing off the top of my head, but you, like so much of our work now can be done digitally. Um, yeah. But then some people don't understand how to use their iPad, so then they need hard copies. And then when you change something <laughs> digitally, it's nice because it just updates on everybody's iPad. But if you change something, it obviously doesn't update on his hard copies, so you've got to reprint everything, and you're just doing that over and over, and you're like. Can't we just teach you how to use an iPad? So stuff like that. But I think we know who you're talking about. Not salty, right? <laughs> you know, anybody that's ever worked in an office has a has a love hate relationship with the office printer. I have this vision of you like standing over the printer, cursing whoever is in charge of these hard copies. Uh, yeah, there's been times I've wanted to smash the printer, particularly when it jams. I mean, it's like I've always wondered, like, if airplanes malfunctioned half as often as a printer, we'd have a real issue because that thing must get jammed <laughs> once a week. Uh, is I want to cut on the flip side of that. Do you and maybe you remember the first time, or maybe the most prominent time, where it was something that somebody asked you to do during the week, or some study that you did, or some advanced thing that you did, and you saw it directly contribute on a game day in the league. Do you remember? Are there instances like that that stick out to you uh, where you saw, man, it? Or, or maybe it happens every week. I mean, I honestly don't know. Yeah, nothing off the top of my head that comes immediately to mind. Um, I don't know, Rob. Is there anything that you can think of? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can give you a lot of flowers here, Jordan, but the question was uh, directed to you. So maybe you'll take some credit. <laughs> I feel like you're just doing so much, like, random work throughout the week you, you kind of lose track of exactly what you know how you're affecting the game on on sundays if that makes sense yeah um, there's so many different studies that you're doing so many different things you kind of just lose track and you more or less as a qc you're doing um you're getting kind of some of these studies off the ground and then position coaches take them and run with them from there and again sam francis our analytics guy is a big part of that as well so um i wouldn't say that there's anything that uh that immediately comes to mind when 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 that comes up, but um, it, it is a. I will say, being a QC has been really invaluable because you learn 
um, how to do things at the ground level. You do them from the ground up. You can make, you know, the cutups. You can do your powerpoints, and you're also again on the field learning from coaches like Rob, like Lou, like Betch. And I think that that is pretty invaluable. It's kind of an off topic here, but you you're one. Jordan, you're one of six guys on staff that that played in the NFL, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna guess you're the only one who's made an appearance on 60 Minutes. Uh, <laughs> do you? We don't have that clip. Don't worry, we're not gonna not gonna pull it up. I couldn't find it, but I just how did that come up? How did that come about? And and what what do you remember about that? Oh man, I, so I don't even remember what it was for. I think. It was really Denard and I that were in this clip or that were interviewed at least. Hmm. And what I do remember was like telling my wife, like, hey, yeah, like 60 Minutes is interviewing me. Like we should watch it this weekend because we have we don't really watch much 60 Minutes. Hmm. So we did. We made a point of watching 60 Minutes on Sunday night. And then other people caught wind of it. Other friends were like, hey, we'll come over. We'll watch it with you. And I was thinking, okay, cool. Like we'll watch 60 Minutes. And the, whatever portion they did for what I was specifically in was must have been like down to 10 minutes. And then of that 10 minutes, I might have had like a five second excerpt in it and we kind of <laughs> all looked at each other like, there it was. You guys not impressed? <laughs> Superstar status. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, guys, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of the middle of your. Uh, off-season vacation time to catch up with us and uh, talk a little bit about you know your relationships I, we've been it's been a fun series for us to do because it's great to see the you know how the relationships that that exist on the staff have helped translate you know kind of directly to what you guys have been able to build and a run of the Super Bowl and things like that and I think this is a, a you know an, another another great example of it so I appreciate you even though uh you know much of it has been built over over whatever it has happened in these weight rooms I'm, I'm really concerned <laughs> now over like uh what 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 like, who have there ever been moments where someone's like we need to give some of the older guys a spot like do the younger are the younger guys in charge of saving the older guys if something happens uh you haven't lived until um you know a kind of uh role model for me is mark duffner right he's been in the league played at william and mary um and so you get see him under 135 um you know kicking and struggling with, with no spotter and you find yourself like oh god I, i'm too far what am i gonna do um i think inevitably you just gotta let him go and yeah uh, that's survival dude, whatever happens, happens. um <laughs> Yeah, off season, off season. There's some funny times in there for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's all in in good fun for sure. But uh, there are some sights to be seen, as you can imagine. Uh, the, the season is a long season, and, and the pounds they they can pack on. Um, so you want to get them off as fast as you can, no doubt. It's funny you mentioned. I was gonna say it's funny you mentioned Duffner because Rob, you're actually the uh, the senior most member of this coaching staff on the defensive side uh but if you take Duffner's three stints with the Bengals then of course he's got you beat but you've been around longer than anybody else on that side yeah I guess I didn't realize that thank you for uh dating me you're getting old man um, so the story that I thought Jordan was going to tell about you know what he the value he brings was really the, the first day that that we met right so um we were in here sharing an office um Jordan was a new hire 
the drills weren't going on, luckily. Uh, <laughs> Rob won't get over this. And uh, <laughs> so I was a holdover, right? So like you guys have, have been held over at jobs where you get a new boss or whatever, so you're nervous. And uh, um, we had just hired Lou. And, and so, you know, I had been here for like six weeks and kind of, you know, just kind of floating around trying to do projects. And uh, so Durante Jones and I had these big, you know, kind of third down projects, the top third down defenses in the NFL. And they were all drawn up on this board. And then so Jordan comes in here. Because and, somebody is not digitally savvy. He is the yes, hard copy guy. I might have been the hard copy guy. I, I'll give you that. All right. So <laughs> there's just weeks and weeks on this board right here. Right. And there's a lot of good stuff. So Jordan comes in, introduces himself. It's a Friday. I'm leaving. I come back on Monday. It's all gone. The whole board is erased. And it was like him looking at me and saying, like, hey, I'm the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) I needed my third of the board. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we could have used that, Jordan. You never know what we could have found. But, no, that was was a funny day. That is funny. So – I, we will not be cutting any of this, so you don't worry about that, Jordan. This will not be limited down to a, a five-second clip. And we, oh, like Paul said earlier, we we yeah. really do appreciate you guys taking the time to to sit down and talk with us. It's been great stuff, and um, it, I hope you do enjoy the, your off season once you guys get out of your offices. No doubt. Yeah, I'm hoping that the roof doesn't fall in on me on my way out. <laughs> um, but it, it'll be great. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Obviously, uh, do a great job. Enjoy reading your stuff and listening to your stuff. You guys are. You guys are the best. So appreciate you guys very much. Yeah, thank you guys very much. I really thanks, guys. You. Appreciate your All time. Right. All right, great stuff there, uh, Jay. You know, we we save the best for last. You know, uh, what what a great story at the at the very end there of the board getting erased. I as somebody, you know, Jay, the industry that work that we work in, this it happens. Uh, over time where a, something goes wrong with a file or you work in some program and it ends up erasing your story or you record an interview and realize it got erased or or you didn't record the way you thought it would. And it's just it's one of the worst feelings I think that you can ever have is just you're, you're so dejected. So I side with Rob in that, in that just, that, no, I'm not letting that go like that. There are certain things that you just won't forget. <laughs> and when you lose a bunch of work like that, I, I feel it. So I side with Rob. I, I love how Jordan didn't try to be like, Oh, I made a mistake. I didn't realize what it was. He just kind of, yeah, I erased it. And he just owned it. And kind of <laughs> like they said, like the uh, captain Phil, I'm the captain now. Love it. Love it. Great stuff with them. Thanks so much to them for joining us. Well, we're, we're going to, uh, complete our series next week. And, uh, you know, just really excited for this one. Um, mm. it, it's so good. It's so good. And, uh, Luana Rumo, our defensive coordinator is going to be, uh, our guest along with his good friend, someone he said to us, I want to do it. With T. I want to do with Terrell Williams, who is the defensive line coach for the Tennessee Titans, but they coach together back in Miami. They coach together at the time at Purdue. They are great friends. They go way back. And, and it's so fun to, to hear Lou and T just be so comfortable with each other. That's going to be next week's episode. And I think you'll learn a lot about you'll you'll enjoy it, first of all. And you also, from a Bengals perspective, Learn a lot about Lou Anarumo and some of his backstory and, and who he really is. And it's uh, really enjoyed recording it and can't wait to bring it to you guys next week.
Yeah, don't let the fact that maybe you've never heard of Terrell Williams kind of uh, throw some water on how much you want to listen to that episode because I, I was kind of in the same boat. It's like, oh, I don't know how this podcast is going to go. We've, we've never met this guy before. We've never talked to him. And he was fantastic, and the interaction was fantastic. It, it's pro, it is my favorite of the four episodes. It, it just the way they play off of each other, and they know each other so well inside and outside of football. Uh, you're you're really if you've liked what we've done so far, you're really going to love this last one. Yeah, it's great, and I think uh, you know so. Uh, something that is surprising and entertaining and insightful and funny all at the same time was sort of the vision we had when we even s- first discussed the idea for this podcast. And to me, next week's episode is really the perfect example of all of that because it is, it's kind of surprising in, 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 and how good and how fun it ends up being. Those guys were great. Can't wait to bring that to you. Please check in next week. Again, thanks everybody for listening along or watching on our, uh, on our YouTube channel. Hope you guys have enjoyed this whole series and we look forward to wrapping it up for you next week. Well, for Jay, I am Paul and we will talk to you next time on Hear That Podcast Scrowling. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.